Hey everyone, and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment, the ace. I am Peter, and joining me as always on the Sci-Fi Movie Podcast, Tara. Greetings, citizens. There was some hesitation there. I thought maybe you forgot what show you are in. Uh, that happens all the time, but it didn't happen today. Um, <laughs> no, this is the Atomic Cinema Experiment. This is a sci-fi movie podcast. We talk about sci-fi movies. And on this week's episode, we are talking about 1994's Roland Emmerich's Stargate. Mm, uh, thanks f- to me. Thanks to Tara. Tara <laughs> picked this one, which I will probably bring up several times uh, throughout the remainder of this show. Um, and then also worth mentioning at the end of the episode we have a bonus segment which I actually said we wouldn't have one this week but we found time we found time to squeeze it in now the chances of the next one having one are very very slim but yeah it's not happening it's not happening <laughs> but you think it went, instead of having th- like three in a row without one you got one off one on one off and then we'll be back to having them for every episode I think <laughs> so um, so Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, at the end of the show we, we watched the Mystery Science Theater th- uh, 3000 episode and we'll talk about that movie uh, at the end um, so there you go and one thing I do want to say before we even get started on the movie uh, is that we do have an official Atomic Cinema Experiment Twitter now um, I didn't redo the image on the screen to have it on, on there in the corner I should do that for next episode uh, and if I forget then Tara can make fun of me at the time um but um the twitter and i haven't checked this because i've not memorized it yet uh is at the ace podcast Ooh. i really wanted at atomic cinema unfortunately some prick has taken it already <laughs> so i had to what? S- settle for the ace podcast at the ace podcast um and Tara does not twitch, touch Twitter, but I do occasionally ask her for something to say. So you do still t- technically get Tara's stream of consciousness on on Twitter. This isn't like some backhanded way to get me onto Twitter because I'm not going to do it. No, 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 no. Um, I, I just, you know, I added like a random recommendation like yesterday. And I thought I'll do one again today. And I thought, no, I'll ask Tara for one. So I asked Tara and she picked a movie. So... So there's a little Tara input going on, but uh, via proxy, she will not sully her fingers by touching uh, the app or the keyboard. I can't even hit the the letter T anymore. I I can't set, sign my emails Tara. I have to just do Era. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that must be quite awkward with your name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, be awkward for my name as well, admittedly. Although by your standards, I I don't say the T anyway, so maybe. You don't. Your name is Peter. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> it's more no, it's it's more like, it's more like a, a GHT in the middle when I say it. Peter. Peter. Okay. Peter, that's how you want me to say it, but I will never give in. I will never surrender. <laughs> no, no, no. I like the accent. You can keep it. Okay, keep it. Oh, fine. I had an I American accent already for the rest of this episode. But yeah, okay. Tara said it's okay for me to keep my Scottish, so I'll keep my Scottish. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we're here to talk about Stargate. We're here to talk about Stargate, which is the second film, I believe, from Roland Emmerich. The first one he did was Universal Soldier. Have you seen Which I have seen, but it's been yeah. a long, long time. 
Uh, well, it is a sci-fi movie, so we will probably get to it at some point, uh, someday. So we'll save the conversation for then. Um, but I was quite fond of that as a young lad. Um, had had Van Damme. Yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren. Yep, yep. Had, had those two. Hell yeah. Um, had, had things I liked about it. And the film that Emmerich did after this, of course, was Independence Day, which, you know, is kind of his biggest movie. People have very fond memories of it, regardless of quality. Uh, it just, everyone has a lot of nostalgia for it. Uh, but Tara's like, you know, I remember liking Stargate. I want to see if it holds up. Can we do Stargate? And the chump that I am said, sure. And I think this is because she agreed to do a show with me, so I'm being extra nice for a little bit. Um, Plus, it's a nice, you know, palate cleanser from uh, from last week's Tetsu the Iron Man. <laughs> Tetsuo. Tetsuo. Which, maybe, maybe, Tetsuo. Maybe... Maybe you're pronouncing it right, I don't know, but based on the lettering, I'm going with Tetsuo. You're right, it is Tetsuo, but it's, uh, which was, uh, we, we agreed was a really good movie, but so weird and so out there, and uh, this is just like, oh, familiar American popcorn film. Yeah, this is, this is about <laughs> as mainstream 90s as it gets. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we'll start spoiler free, of course, uh, as we always do, and we'll give you a warning somewhere in the middle before we get spoilers. Uh, Stargate, of course, spawned a TV show called Stargate SG-1 a few years later, which then led to spin-offs, Stargate Atlantis, Stargate Universe, and I believe a year or two ago, they launched a Stargate streaming service for one new Stargate show, which is the most ridiculous cash-grabbing thing I've ever seen in my life. But what? But that was really? apparently a thing, yeah. I, can't remember, I didn't know about that. I can't remember what it was called, but it was basically, like, you know, like DC have got a streaming service, but they're doing, like, different shows. This yeah, was like it's not like a fan-made thing, it's like a... No, an actual thing. We have one show. You're paying for one show, and that's it. Well, that's why I got CBS All Access. I just wanted Star Trek. (laughs) But you always got Twilight Zone as well, although you may have wished you hadn't. (laughs) Let's not go into it again. (laughs) Oh, dear. Anyway, so... Yeah, so I'm just, I want to say that because people are going to be like mad at us if we don't mention the fact that these shows came from it. And I've heard good things about SG-1 and I know some of the creators from it went on to do Travelers on Netflix, which I really loved. So I may have to, you know. Is that the one that's got Kratos in it? Don't think so. Judge, Christopher Judge? No, I don't think he's in that. Hmm. Because I know what he looks like and I'm trying to think if there's anyone who looks like him in the entire show and there isn't. Well, I mean in Stargate, not in Travel. Oh, Stargate. Oh, yeah, maybe in Stargate. Yeah, I don't know if he's in Stargate. <laughs> yeah, you may be right. You may be right. Um, so, hey, maybe that's an already cancelled someday. But... Whew. I think it's like 10 seasons. <laughs> it is like 10 seasons. How, how about Tara finishes catching up in Babylon 5? We'll finish Babylon 5, and then we'll talk about replacing it with Stargate. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I have to like Babylon 5 first. <laughs> you like it? You've watched like three episodes. You like it. I'm going to withhold my opinion. She likes it. Whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so, mention the shows. But this movie, of course, was made independently of the shows. This was made before they knew that they were doing shows. At least I assume it was. There's nothing in it that makes me think they were setting up for a TV show. Um, no, and I don't it think so. stars uh, James Spader and Kurt Russell in the main two roles. And the premise of Stargate is that there's a mysterious gate that is discovered uh, is that in Egypt? Mm, I assume so. Yeah. It probably has to be. 
I think it is because it's related to the pyramids and stuff. There's a lot of Egypt talk going on um, in the film, so I assume it is in Egypt. Uh, and this happened, you know, this happens like in the thirties or whatever it is. And in present day, James twenty, 20 sorry, and then James Spader is recruited uh, because he's an expert in uh, uh, ancient uh, ancient Egypt and hier- hieroglyphics, specifically translating uh, old languages and things like that. He's a he's a uh, what's the word for it? a bit of a kook. <laughs> A linguist was what I was going for, but yes, a bit of a cook, sure. Um, so he gets recruited and Kurt Russell's brought in to sort of lead the military side of things. Uh, but basically, Jim Spader figures out these symbols around the gate, which activates it. And it turns out that it's a gate between uh, two points in space. Like there's, there's literally like another gate on another planet somewhere. So Jim Spader and a team of military go through the gate to, as a, just a reconnaissance to see what's there. Uh, but they end up stuck there for quite some time <laughs> and they have to deal with the people who the, the, the beings that are there and any other things any villains that may arise and try, somehow get home figure out the code and get home so that is the the basic gist of stargate so tara suggested this because she wanted to see if it held <laughs> up if she still likes it mm-hmm. so with that i asked the question tara after watching it again does it indeed hold up? Well, it's dumb. Mm-hmm. But I still kind of liked it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I... I want to like it a lot more than I do. And there's just all these little Roland Emmerich things that just keep stopping it from working. They just keep stopping yeah, it from being I... good. <laughs> I really liked this movie when it came out. I watched it a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I was really into ancient Egypt as a kid. I think a lot of kids were. It's, it's kind of like the step after dinosaurs. First sure, you like dinosaurs, yeah. then you like ancient Egypt. <laughs> so this came out at a time where, you know, it's PG-13, so the whole family can watch it. And I watched it a lot as a kid. And I think I watched it before. I mean, even when independence day came out even though i was young i still remember that i kind of didn't like it that much and then godzilla i think was after that for roland emmerich and i really hated that film when i watched it so i think it was because i saw it before the stain of roland emmerich really hit (laughs) and all of his isms that keep popping up in other films yeah i think i like it for that I don't think I don't think my I didn't see I mean I might like it more if I saw it as a kid, um but I didn't see it until I was like maybe late teens early twenties right I just sort of tried it then um okay and I'm fairly fond of Universal Soldier and Independence Day but both of those I did see as a kid those what those have in common is that I did grow up watching them um, yeah and maybe yeah, well get, Independence Day was like an event when yeah. it came out so I guess like this one because i just watched it as an adult first time it just kind of had to live or die on its own merits and unfortunately mm-hmm. i think it, it falls into a lot of tropes that are kind of kind of bug me uh, a lot of, and not even just roland emmerich stuff specifically just like tropes in movies it it's such a like i was getting kind of like a a mediocre mummy vibe from this you know i'm thinking 1999 mummy and not just because there's an actor in this from the mummy um but it, it, it was which making, one uh the the leader of the people oh yeah 
He's the librarian, I think, in the mummy. I think that was his position. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. But I, I, I remember I, him from Star Trek Enterprise. Of course you do. Well, do the you know television show Star Trek Enterprise. Do you know you've opened the door there because I was going to bring up Star Trek, and I'm going to do it now since you've got us on this path. Sure. Did you recognize anyone else from Star Trek in this movie? Oh, on the spot. <laughs> no. <laughs> the general dude who is kind of the leader that sends them on the mission. Oh, he looked familiar. And do you want to know why I recognized him? Hmm. Because he was literally in the last episode I watched. Oh, see, okay. He was in season one, episode twenty-five of Next Generation. He is the southern guy who's unfrozen out of the pod, who smacks Be uh, Beverly Crusher on the ass at one point. Uh, that's him. I recognized him immediately and went, "That's that asshole from that last Star Trek episode." Oh, I know what episode that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's 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 uh, wake up these people in the frozen pods that came from the twenty first century because that's never ended badly before in Star Trek. Um, <laughs> so right, right. That's the one. Is Amelia Earhart in that too? No. Oh, never mind. <laughs> then I don't know what episode it is. I thought there was like four four people that were found. There's three people, but none of them are like historical figures. They're all just, you know, people. Oh, Amelia Earhart's in. You're right. She's in um, an Enterprise episode again. Okay. I still it, It's still the episode I'm thinking of. I just kind of mush two of them together. <laughs> Lo, no, notice how I mentioned Star Trek, or she mentioned Star Trek, and then like I, I let it go on a bit longer, and then Tara went on another good minute or two about Star Trek. No, notice how it, it snowballed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's why you asked me to do the show. Yeah, I suppose it is. Yeah, yeah. That 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 was that was basically the resume. It was, uh, we'll somehow talk about Star Trek. I know things length. about Star Trek. <laughs> yes, um, hire me. So yeah, there was that. And speaking of just cast, if we're on cast, who's who's in other things? Uh, French Stewart from Third Rock from the Sun's in this, and I'm not going to lie. You thought all of our talk about Third Rock from the Sun was over. You I were know, wrong. I know. <laughs> um, I don't even remember what episode it was. We ended with like 15 minutes of Third Rock from the Sun talk. But yeah, that, that happened. <laughs> and French Stewart, who plays Harry um, on 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 Third Rock, he's in this as kind of a dickbag as one of the military. Uh, mm -hmm. And honestly, him being this aggressive douchebag was really hard to like take seriously because he's Harry from Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah. Um, he had his eyes open a lot more in this movie, <laughs> but every time he did his like French Stewart squinty face, and like, oh, there you are. <laughs> yeah, it's just like obviously it's not his fault or the movie's fault that he went on to be known for this character, but it just like it was so distracting because I've never seen him not be a goofy character, so it was hard to take him yeah. as this. It was really weird. Um, <laughs> I didn't know he did other like stuff. To be honest, I thought he was a comedian. Who just went on to be in a sitcom? Yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah. Oh, and that was uh, Jamon uh, Hunzo in this as well. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, pre Amistad. Yeah. He's had a bit of a rena renaissance recently with uh, Guardians and Captain Marvel. He's been getting some, getting he was some in work. Sh Shazam, also. You're right. He was the Wizard in Shazam. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who. 
I like you can blame me for not recognizing me. Like, we had a big fake wizard hair and beard. Yeah. Uh, you recognize the voice, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then there's one more actor I want to mention. Richard Kynes in this, uh, who... Yeah. But on Curb Your Enthusiasm, small. he was in Mad About You when that was on. What was he? I think he was. He was also in Spin City, I believe, if I remember right. A lot of sitcoms. Done a lot of sitcoms. Yeah. Uh, oh, he was recently in Gotham as well. It was the mayor of Gotham on that. Um, it was Bing Bong. It was, poor, poor Bing Bong. What's Bing Bong? In, in, inside Out. Oh. The imaginary okay. friend okay, of Riley. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I even realized that was him. Maybe I, maybe I did when I was watching it, because he does have a distinct voice. Yeah. I probably did. Uh, so yeah, a lot, a lot of cast uh, popping up. Obviously, it's Kurt Russell and James Spader. Uh, you know, Kurt Russell and he's, you know, middle-aged prime. Uh, James Spader, who's like in his 20s here or something like that. He's so handsome in this movie. <laughs> Someone had a crush on James Spader. I watched this movie a lot when I was younger. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think maybe I had a crush on John Lennon because he looks a lot like John Lennon in this movie. <laughs> um, so, what are we talking about there? Oh, yeah, the positives and negatives, right? Spoiler free. So, music's not bad. David Arnold's score is uh, mm-hmm. got got a nineties adventure kind of bombastic to it. That's kind of good. Um, yeah, you mentioned the Mummy. I think I got vibes of that too. I think it was more. I was getting some like Lawrence of Arabia for some of the scenes. Like they were trying to channel that mixed in with the magic <laughs> science fiction element. I can't believe you just compared Lawrence of Arabia to Stargate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, I mean, I'm about to do it. With okay, two- I would say more like Lawrence of Arabia meets Indiana Jones. So throwing some classic John Williams too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm about to bring I up. I think. Well, I think the thing is that Lords of the Arabia, like, really, that's that's what you think of when you see these epic shots in a desert. So I, I think it like set the stage for what you expect from that kind of shot in a film. Yeah, I'm about to bring up 2001: Space Odyssey, so maybe I shouldn't. Uh, shouldn't oh, there's shouldn't. definitely reasons to. Well, there is, yeah. When they go through the gate, there's this like effect of going through space, which is very reminiscent of 2001 Space Odyssey, uh, which I'd completely forgotten that. I'd forgotten that uh, moment. Beyond Jupiter, yeah. It's very, it's a lot shorter in this case. Oh, sure, yeah. That this film has no intent of being an art house film and, you know, no. spending 10 <laughs> minutes on it. Um, I also yawned mid-sentence, so that was really impressive. I apologize. Um, so... No, like, like some adventure things are fine um, in the film. I think it has a weird pacing issue. Now, admittedly, I will mention that the only version available to me was the extended cut, which was nine minutes longer. However, my complaints about... Oh, that's right. My complaints I've never about, seen that, so I don't know what, what scenes are different. Nor do I. I don't, I don't remember it enough to, to tell you what's different. But I remember... Or I don't think my pacing issues were just because there was nine extra minutes. I think my pacing issues were more kind of the weird structure of the movie. Um, because I'll tell you the things I hate about this movie right now. I hate the villain. Okay. I hate the villain. I hate a lot of the things surrounding the villain. Uh, namely, this ridiculous... Um, it reminded me of the Power Rangers movie. These like like bird plane things coming out 
at the pyramid and flying around bombing people. Okay. Hate that. Um, There's a garbage romance in this. (laughs) It does the thing where the four white dudes somehow improve the entire civilization of this other group of people. Um, So we're playing with some white savior tropes. That can go (laughs) piss itself off. Yeah. I love that they get through the gate and there's a woman there who immediately wants to sleep with with one of them. That is very tropey. Very tropey. And not even just that. Like... I'll save it for spoilers, but it goes places. Yeah. <laughs> it goes places I'm very quickly. Um, <laughs> so you've got that, and then I think some of the action is kind of dull. Whenever like the uh, the villains and the soldiers get into like gunfights or stuff, it mm-hmm. it's all kind of dull. Like I was never really that excited by like you know I love Kurt Russell. Like I should be excited by Kurt Russell taking on these evil mm-hmm. dudes or these evil villains. And it, it was just kind of dull and boring. Like I don't know. Like there, there wasn't anything like funny. Like it, it all takes place in the hallways of the pyramid, and it's just all this. All, all looks the same. There's no like George reminded me of a little bit at times. What? Alien versus Predator. Oh. <laughs> We're in a pyramid, dark rooms. Uh, because PG thirteen, there's not really much violence. And then on top of that, the first time the villains show up, oh, they I did... forgot that that movie was. Rated PG thirteen. Yeah. What yeah. a disappointment. The sequel wasn't right, but it was just as bad. It was worse. Yeah. Like Alien versus Predator Requiem, which by all accounts we will do someday on this show. Although you can see me talking about it with Connor on Influx already, if you want to go find that out. Um <laughs> is the only movie that I have ever seen where the daytime scenes are too dark. <laughs> okay i don't remember it, i think i saw it once in the theater it was just like well i'm never watching that again you saw the theater <laughs> it has alien and predator in the title i went and i saw both of them in the theater yeah i did see prometheus and alien covenant in the theater though i saw prometheus i checked out of everything after that <laughs> alien covenant i mean We'll get there. We're going to do it. Um, I think the plan is is that we'll do Alien for Alien Day next year and then just do them once per year uh, from then. Uh, mm-hmm. Unless, unless Ridley Scott actually gives us this other, this third prequel that he's threatening us with. But Oh, Ridley Scott. Just make The Martian too. <laughs> this time, it's his daughter on Mars. <laughs> This time it's personal. <laughs> Why do they keep sending people to Mars? They keep getting stranded. <laughs> Judge, what I want it to be, I want it to be like uh, Home Alone 2, where somehow lightning just strikes twice, and they convince Matt Damon to go up with them as a consultant, and then they accidentally mm-hmm. leave him on Mars, and I just, I just want the scene of him going, you've got to be kidding me! I'm on Mars again! <laughs> <laughs> right just oh, some kind of strange setup so that it's all the same again mm-hmm. right yep yep <laughs> i said no maybe not mars though maybe maybe the joke here is that it's like venus <laughs> oh dear um live off those potatoes potato- i've never heard that and it's really dumb but it's also really witty you're getting a point for that Tara. <laughs> take, take one point um so 
yeah, I'll leave it. I'll leave it there for my complaints and spoiler free. But as I say, I think there's a lot of this movie that doesn't quite add up, uh, and I never really quite get into it or really care about the story all that much. Um, I expect the TV okay, shows. I kind of like that it's because it's a '90s film and it has all the '90s tropes in it. It's it's just such a a slice of that time of that '90s blockbuster going to the movies in the summertime, you know. But uh <laughs> thanks peter yeah i, I don't know I, I know it's not very good and it is very tropey and my dog's throwing up is that what that is <laughs> yeah I, th- I thought i thought the cat or the dog were banging against something that was that was throwing up <laughs> nothing came out she just hacks <laughs> This show is crumbling. It's crumbling live before your eyes. We should we should just edit that part out. <laughs> Never. I didn't really say anything important anyway. Here she goes. You okay, girlfriend? You it's, make it? It sounds like someone's got a nail gun. <laughs> no, it's my dog. Because there's no furniture in here, so everything's echoey. Ah. That's what it is. Yes. <laughs> Uh, just just you wait until we do a live ace show of some kind. <laughs> There'll be cats and dogs doing all sorts of crazy things all over the place. Nobody wants that. We'll, we'll call it the live cinema experiment. Nobody wants that. Well, anyway, I I do <laughs> I know it's really dumb and tropey, but I I like Kurt Russell's character a lot. <laughs> Even though it's tropey, I like the the puzzles. Uh, although we don't really get to solve them, I like James Spader solving them. I like the humor in it, and sure, the action is not very good, but it's also a PG thirteen film for kids. Like, it's good enough. You can have good action that's not violent. No, oh, I agree. Did you see like any Avengers movies? Or... <laughs> yeah, it's hard to compare like new films like the two sure, ones that came out in the early 90s though sure they're still figuring out how to do it but i mean there was there was good like shooting action scenes and like movies in the 90s and even before the 90s more to the point mm-hmm. like it's doable i don't i don't hate like the action in the film i think i think it works good enough okay <laughs> ultimately there's nothing more to argue on it really it's just either you, you're fine with it or you're not i i just i always felt like it, it lacked geography it lacked any kind of sense of what the momentum was and like where it was going it was just like random bit of action to then justify yeah. the next scene kind of thing yeah, that's what it always felt like to me um but hey i mean i like kurt russell a lot anyway in general and he's you know he's, he's probably the best part of this movie because he's got he's got the the charisma and the yeah, and he's got the arc. And he's the one with the character arc, that is true. Um the character arc is definitely a little bit on the I don't want to say rushed. It's it's a bit thin. You know, it's it's like very obvious what it is and it, it kinda just goes through a couple of obvious beats. Yeah. And, you know, plays out exactly how you would think it would. I mean I, I still s- kinda liked it. I mean I don't want to say why until we get to spoilers. Sure. But... I still kind of like. I like. I love the opening shot of him where he's got this like Kurt Cobain hair, and he's all like miserable, and then he cut to him like, and he's got this sweet, like Dolph Lundgren, Ivan Drago haircut. 
just military man. It's good. It's just so nineties. <laughs> I yeah, yeah, he's good. I I think the, the the best thing about the movie, honestly, is probably the fact that they're on a desert shooting in a desert, so it looks quite deserty, like proper like big vistas of desert. Um the problem is that I, I think when at least the, the first time I watched this movie is I was expecting like either to go to more locations or the locations in this one planet to be more varied and ultimately because it, 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 actually this may explain why you like it so much the first like half of this movie not, not, not including the opening like 10 20 minutes where they're setting up the the, the main thing but mm-hmm. when they get to the planet the first like 40 minutes of that is very much like a mediocre episode of Star Trek. <laughs> maybe. Because, you know, they, they find the, the maybe, people... Maybe that's why I like it. Um, they go to the town and they kind of like bond with the, 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 you know, the, the, co- the, the commoners, the, the locals is what, we might, what I meant to say. Uh, yeah. Yeah, nobody speaks the language. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if it was Star Trek, then they would all just miraculously speak English. I mean, I'll give it credit there. Well, they actually <laughs> used that. They used the fact that they couldn't speak English and play the room. Yeah, there's no like like uh like Hunt for Red October scene where it just like mm-hmm. zooms in on their mouth and then it zooms out and they're speaking English. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Hunt for Red October. Oh. I don't remember that. Although uh, the, the show in uh, Cinemax, uh, Warrior, uh, which is a uh, set in Chinatown in like the start of the century, uh, they did a really interesting thing where. If there's a character, or if there's like a white character around who doesn't speak uh, Cantonese, they mm-hmm. they're speaking Cantonese in the subtitles. But if they're on their own, they just speak in English, and it shows you that this is happening because the first time, like, you'll have someone walk up to them and it'll switch, and there'll be like a camera like sort of spin as as they change. And it it was mm-hmm. a really neat thing. It was it was kind of like, it reminded me of a comic book where they'll just like write the language in a different color and they'll say at the bottom, uh, text in this color has actually been spoken in you know, you know, Mandarin or whatever. Uh, so, I thought it was neat. Interesting. Since you brought that up. I thought it was I've never heard of it. Um, yeah. So, I thought you wanted to tell about it in spoiler free. Anything else you want to... Uh, I really like the concept of the movie. Like what? the, I, I think the plot works and I think that's why it has so many successful television shows that I've never watched. I've never even watched an episode of any of them, but um, I, I do really like the, the idea where they just take um, a cool part of our ancient history and link it to aliens. <laughs> I like the idea of a portal to another world across the universe where they've taken humans. It does sound very Star Trek episode to me. It does. Um, no, I like the concept well enough, which is, I think, why the TV show is probably quite good, because they, they realise there's a lot to do from this. I presume they'll, they'll, in the show, the Stargate goes to multiple Stargates, and there's different there's planets. There's one for Atlantis. Exactly, exactly. They're not going to an Egypt planet for that. Exactly. Um, I So, no, I appreciate the concept, uh, even if I don't think... I think this movie is just too much of a generic Hollywood 90s movie to really take advantage of it um whereas the, i imagine the tv shows ex, you know, probably don't get everything right because there's 10 seasons of it I, I assume not all of it can be gold but it tries a yeah, lot of different the things movie focuses on one thing which is these people are enslaved and that's like the main driver of it 
and there's a villain. But there's a, there's a... I imagine like there's so much more you can do with the show with just taking from the concept. Yes, yes. Yeah. Terrible mm-hmm. villain at that. Just thought I had that in there. I don't hate the villain. I hate the villain. Like I like the actor. The villain He's only been in two things. <laughs> <laughs> this in the crying game and he's I oh, he doesn't want to act anymore, I guess. I guess not. I guess the crying game. Apparently he didn't even want to do this movie. Like he just did the crying game and said, I don't think acting's for me. But they're like, please, we need you for this film. And he said, I'll do it for a million dollars, thinking that they'll never agree to that. And Uh they said, okay. (laughs) Well, power to him then. Uh, So he did this movie and I think like two shorts and then retired from acting forever. All right. Let's be quite spoilers. Uh, So full spoilers for Stargate from henceforth and okay let's talk about let's talk about them and the, this group of people so they very quickly meet this this oh, tribe maybe is that the correct term here um after some hi- after some hijinks because they've got these big uh sort of mammothy horses that they they ride that james yeah, spader gets played by uh played by frank welker oh really <laughs> okay there you go yeah scooby-doo there you go um so he uh gets dragged along and they eventually find these people and at first they're really timid they're kind of scared and then in walks um the leader the leader character and he tries to make peace with them and he offers them some uh some water and james bader decides to pull out a fifth avenue bar i think that's what it was <laughs> called um i've never had yeah. one this, this is not a, a candy bar. I don't bar. think I've ever had one, too. I, I think they're like a lesser Snickers bar. Mm. But he pulls this they out. They crunchy. Yeah. I wonder if this is just like, oh, they sponsored the movie, so that's why it's instead of Snickers. Yeah. Snickers didn't want to pay us, but Fifth Avenue did. Is it Nestle? Who makes mm-hmm. what? I don't know. I think Fifth Avenue is Nestle. Okay. Is it Nestle? Yeah. yeah I don't know. Snickers is the Mars company. Um, right but they can keep their money yeah so he gives him a chocolate bar and he's like the guy basically just stands there and has an orgasm he's just like oh i've never had this before oh this is the best thing ever the god (laughs) you're the god now dog you're the god now (laughs) do you have more of this delicious candy um that's that scene but they end up taking them back to their kind of their camp which is kind of you know it's a fairly advanced camp for what it is but um, and we have them sort of eating with the locals. Um, I did kind of laugh a couple of times because there was a few times where, like, the soldiers' response to something was just to like grab their guns and point them in faces. And I'm like, calm down. <laughs> so twitchy. Yeah, I thought some of the comedy was pretty good too. Or they they keep looking to James Spader to like interpret, even though he doesn't speak the language. Mm. Although that changes very quickly. Yes, <laughs> yes. He's he- like he wants us to follow him. How how do you know? Because he's saying follow. <laughs> <laughs> he just um he just didn't he just didn't know what it sounded like out loud before. So he quickly gets it once he realizes what the sounds are. He's like, oh, this is just the language I know. It's just out loud. Yeah, he says that it sounds familiar, but he can't quite place it, and it's because it's just an ancient dialect that, because they are their own civilization for so long, evolved into something else. Mm. But yeah. They use the same type of writing, so he's able to read it. So, 
Yeah, they kind of bond a little bit. Uh, Kurt Russell kind of bonds with this one kid. Um, and everyone's kind of bonding with uh, Jim Spader because he's doing chicken noises because he's trying because they give him this like big beast thing. So he eats some of this and he tries it. It's like, it tastes like chicken. Um, he does his uh, his best Bluth impression of a chicken. His best Bluth impression <laughs> of a chicken. I mean, it was, let's be honest, it was better than any of the Bluths. <laughs> <laughs> If it's not third row from the sun, it's arrested development. We can't be stopped. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so there's, there's, and this is where it was making me think of like a sort of mediocre Star Trek episode, though, is like I could see them all coming in and like bonding and tying around people for a bit until the plot really gets going somewhere later on. And this is where we get to the, the romance. Is that so? As they're walking back to this camp, there's this this one woman from this this tribe who's kind of giving Jim Spader the eye, and and she's kind of like, you know, she's sort of young and sweet. She's not like a seductress. She's it's more of a like a twenty year old in love kind of thing. Uh, sure. And later on, she's never seen John Lennon before. Yeah. Uh, and later on that night, uh, they pres- they basically present him to a room you know with some curtains drawn and they kind of like wipe him with some stuff and then she comes in afterwards and starts undressing and he's like oh no you don't, you don't have to do that you don't have to do that and he tries to leave and like they're all outside waiting and they're all in shock as if as if she's not doing what she's supposed to and he's like and he, he kind of realizes that and he's like oh no no i just want to thank you no we're, we're doing great so he, he just shuts the curtain and <laughs> presumably they sit there and have a have an awkward one-way chat for you know 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> to, to uh, make everyone think it's happening um <laughs> but later on we can actually speak the language um she says something like oh you know i don't want them all to know that you didn't want me and he's like what uh, yeah i was being a, i was being scoops a, her up and yeah. gives her a big old smack I, <laughs> on the lips i, I, I didn't I, I was being a gentleman i i want you bad Thank you very much. Uh, which leads in to my him. Culture, this is yeah. This is how we do it. And my, and yeah. Well, I think they all think they're married at this point. Like you know that that presenting her to him was basically. Yeah, that. I guess that's what it. I guess that's what it meant. Yeah. Mm-mm. So. Yeah, he ends up staying. He like he doesn't go back with them. He stays here at the end because he's got a wife. <laughs> Well, also, we see, we meet James Spader's character in the beginning, and he's kind of seen as like a, a kook scientist because he's, he's saying that, he's not saying that the Egyptians were aliens or they're, uh, that the pyramids were built by aliens, but everyone, but he does say that there's some kind of influence that they weren't built by humans, so something happened. And uh, so all of the other scientists like laugh at him during his presentations, and uh, you know you can see why he would want to stay because he's not like exactly accepted amongst his peers or his community, and even the the Marines at the beginning like just totally disrespect him. Oh, they did the, the complete dicks to him. They all seem to like him by the end. I, I guess it's like well, he's okay, going to get some home. You, you've got this small co- covert group of people. Uh, who know that he's actually a genius and that he, everything he says is true and that he's you know he's right and everyone else is wrong, but he's all classified. He can't tell anyone any of this. 
yeah yeah he's stuck here uh, and obviously kurt russell's arc because because we get implied heavily early on that he lost his son that his child is dead and he, he accidentally shot himself he accidentally shot himself uh which is again heavily implied throughout the film because he, he keeps being really concerned whenever the, the natives uh, touch his gun he's like no no that's dangerous you can't touch that he gets really mm-hmm. upset um which to be fair he's right yeah so except his arc kind of completes when he allows the kids to take arms <laughs> yeah because there's a whole thing where the the the, 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 the kids all like show up with the the guns that they left behind to, to save the day as an yeah. army and i'm like i guess my trauma is over now because i let a child hold a gun <laughs> and i'm like what sort of message is this sending that he's, he's wrong for not letting the teenager hold a gun like what oh, i love it oh that's um but he he of course his arc is that he does learn to learn to live again because he has this secret mission to stay back when everyone else goes home to to set off a bomb to destroy the gate from that side to make sure no nothing yeah. can come through uh through through um and uh of course he learns to live again decides not to and decides to go home and that's you know get big happy happy ending happy kurt russell character arc yes happy kurt russell um it's just not quite the same when he's 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 not pouring booze down a computer's hard drive and say or floppy drive and saying cheating bitch like that's just not the same without that yeah i mean when did the when did captain ron came out i think that was my first like kurt russell experience as a kid if not stargate did you ever see that one the comedy i never did i think the first thing i saw kurt russell in was actually backdraft oh yeah that was a big deal yeah that was the first thing i saw him in um, of course i've come to love him in oh yeah captain ron came out like well it was captain ron 92 tombstone 93 and then stargate 94 mm. but yeah i had seen captain ron a couple years earlier so i would think i was very confused about why kurt russell was such a meanie <laughs> <laughs> didn't have dreadlocks and like being drunk falling over the falling over the boat and stuff oh, it's really good <laughs> i wonder if that one holds up it, i'm going to lie from what you just said it doesn't sound like it does <laughs> it's got martin short in it too i feel that this movie's probably terrible tara i'm sorry mm, i don't know i mean it's no rocket man but i'm sure it's pretty good tara terrible oh. that, that's that's the new classification <laughs> yeah. uh, just gonna watch rocket man and you'll be like i was wrong you were totally right. Oh, and Tara's put it's a masterpiece, ten out of ten. Tara's put that relatively soon in the schedule as well, so it's it's on the horizon. We have to watch it when it's close to Chernobyl. We can't wait too long. Because <laughs> the writer of Chernobyl is also the the writer of Rocket Man. <laughs> if I sound deflated, it's because I am. <laughs> so let's talk about the villain then. The the villain, like so. Like halfway throughout the movie, right after they've already been at the camp with the other, you know, the natives, James Spader's taken down into like their like sort of archaeological digs and like the ruins and stuff, and he's translating things and he's like reading this story. He's like, well, this reads of a story of a man named Ra who was an, a being from another world who came to Earth because human beings would be like if he could take the body of a human, then it's easier to keep healing a human. Um, obviously for him, not for mm-hmm. us, because we're all dying still. But <laughs> um, so this Ra became a human and uh, enslaved all these people, 
that are here on this side of the gate and it basically has this big like a uh, pyramid shaped spaceship uh mm-hmm. in space that hovers above uh but they've got like a teleport that goes up and down from the spaceship to the surface again kind of star trekky um a little bit i like the way the teleport system works though it's also like a bunch of mini stargates that all pile up yeah no that, that was that was, that was consistent. fine i do have a question though about this this teleportation system so uh, during the climax of the film when spader and and uh, russell are fighting the the bad guys who have all got like a big anubis kind of masks on but that's kind of the mm-hmm. big thing um kurt russell's fighting one of them right and uh, he knows the switch to activate the portal to go up to the ship is on his his hand and i have no problem with this moment he he hits the button and then the ring things come down the, the little mini gates that are sort of vertical and they crush his head right or they cut off his head and that kills him i'm fine with this um is it like i know they they kind of crush him but mm-hmm. isn't it the teleportation that kills him oh you're right he's still technically alive until the teleporter actually activates you're right here's the thing so he's doing this while james spader's been up to the ship because his his, his squeeze the love interest has been mm-hmm. shot and he's taking her up to use the fancy uh, med bay facilities that keep healing Ra over and over again. Which so, is just an Egyptian tomb. <laughs> yeah. He, he literally goes up and he's just... Because Ra literally just looks over and sees him running past holding this... Like carrying this woman. Like going to yep. his chamber. So here's my thing. The teleporter goes on because James Spader and, and the woman are coming back down. And for some reason Ra like, gets distracted here and lets him go so that he can teleport back down that happens fine they teleport back down here's my question are you telling me that rat doesn't have like another button on the ship to activate the teleporter to chase him down or send someone else down after him i don't know i mean he just has an army of children so what's he going to do with that he just he just he doesn't he doesn't even try and chase them he just kind of like okay they're gone then yeah. What? I, I guess. Well, it's not. I I don't remember Ra seeing him when he shows up to use the device, but he definitely sees him when he, when they're leaving. And I think at that point, maybe it's too late. Well, it's not just that he sees him. He was actually grabbing Spader by the neck, uh, right before. Right. Yeah. Um. So, oh, the, the scene confused me. There's a lot of weird like inconsistencies and just logic. <laughs> the the one logic thing that I had an issue with is they said they've been working on opening the stargate for like 20 years because they didn't know what the last symbol was mm-hmm. that was all they just needed the last symbol in order to open the stargate but all the symbols aren't on there so if you have the first six why wouldn't you just like keep trying them until you landed on the seventh one it's not like you have a million combinations you just have however many symbols are on the stargate excellent question um that's the only thing that crossed my mind is like that they thought it was going to be dangerous (laughs) or like you know it might do something bad if they tried the wrong one try to do trial and error maybe maybe that didn't seem to come up yeah i don't know because when they were doing it and they got to the sixth symbol and the older woman who was that was there when they originally found the stargate says this is as far as we've ever gotten before 
Yeah. We just didn't know what the seventh one was. So what have you been doing for the last 20 years if you've been just stagnant? You know? Uh, good questions. I don't know. Excellent questions. See, <laughs> you, you know it's not a good movie. You're ripping it, ripping it to shreds. Uh, I still had fun watching it. Like, it's not fun. Like, Men in Black last week was like, or two weeks ago, was like really fun. That was a fun movie. This is like a fun action movie. It's not quite the quality of like the summer blockbuster that you want, but it, it's enough. It's enough for like a, a good time with your family. Cool. And it's got a cool concept. The images are really neat. I like the characters. I don't hate the main villain. Um, I think his little army of children is a bit weird. I yeah. don't. I also. I don't really like his voice. I don't think they needed to alter his voice. Well, that's that's probably why I hated him. I hated the voice. I hated this this dubbed, like, you know, heavier voice that they were putting on top of him. Mm-hmm. That, that that really bugged me. I, yeah, I, I think for me it's just I, I just don't think it's that fun. Like, I, actually, I, I, the 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 part of the movie I like the most is the setup. It's just the mm-hmm. building up to going through the gate. It's like sending in the probe, like that stuff I like. And then once they get to the other, pl- the other planet, though, it's just like a really weird, like mediocre Star Trek episode, um, which is not an insult to Star Trek. Star Trek has many a great episode, but it does have some bad episodes. And this type of like you know with the natives kind of episode or one of them might fall in love. Like this is exactly the sort of episode of Star Trek where I'm like, eh. I guess it's not very far from like the uh, the Greek god. Who mourns for Adonis? <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> Episode. Yeah, a lot like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you, that's yeah. the name of it. I don't know. The original uh, series is not like my. It's not. I don't. Know. I I love it, but I don't remember all the episodes as well as Star Trek fans do. That that sounds right. That sounded right. What you just said. But, yeah. Um. Yeah, I just. I wish it was more fun. I wish that the, the plot had more momentum. I feel like it really slows down like once they get to the camp and the action at the end is not really enough to really sell it. And the villains introduced so late in the movie that it's hard yeah, to very really, late. it's hard to really like get after an hour. Them. I think when yeah. you see him for the first time. I mean, even the first time he's mentioned by Spader looking at the, uh, the, the, you know, the wall is like 40 minutes in, like, you know, it, it mm. takes a long time to, to even establish the villain. So it's hard for him to have uh, that much presence or menace because uh, it's just it's not enough build to him, which is a shame. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I, I like the look of him. You know, I like the idea of this being that's meant to be a god, and he looks like just a young boy, very fragile looking. Um, I I don't I don't mind it. I don't know. I like I said, I don't really like the voice too much, but. He he's supposed to represent, um, like you know, a god, and all of his minions or whatever the people who are fighting alongside him also have these like characteristics that are larger than life. They have these animal like masks, and they're part machine, and everybody worships them like gods. But then they have this great reveal where, like, no, look at your god and. James Spader takes off the the helmet and it reveals it's just another man, and uh, it's okay, you know. Yeah, you're right. It's a little Star Trekky, but it's kind of a. I think it's kind of a better Star Trek <laughs> than a lot of the ones that we get that are like that. Oh, because I see what you're saying. Okay, I. Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't love it. Like it's it's not a terrible movie. It's just it's really like 
mainstream generic popcorn 90s right where it's yeah. not that impressive in the way that it would make it really fun but it also has all the tropes of a 90s generic movie um it, it ha- i mean it has the cast I, it had the cast to make it work i just i don't think it quite does uh, i mean I, I don't disagree but i still think it's a fine time at you know to, at the movies or I love, or just at home like it's, i think it's a good family film it does make a nice change though that one I'm, decapitated head it does make a nice change though that i'm uh being super negative <laughs> and you're trying to defend it i feel like it's usually the other way around usually i'm trying to defend I know. something i here. didn't think i would be the negative nancy on the show but you are yep i know yep yep tara the terrible i don't know careful choose your next words carefully (laughs) (laughs) you're just a tough critic all right you're a tough critic and that means the the higher ratings mean all so much more um which in hindsight (laughs) i mean this isn't going to get like a great rating or anything but i think it's i think it's decent for for the concept in hindsight though it does make your 10 out of 10 for day they are stood still feel actually more special yeah so. it's well deserved yeah i mean yeah that's, that's what it is um so yeah and uh, you know as you imagine after this they convinced the all the natives to like you'll come in as, a, as an army to help fight the bad guys and we get that mm-hmm. big moment so um and the movie actually ends with them going through the gate there's no like scene of them arriving back it's just like it's the 2001 beyond jupiter scene for a quick second and then it's like book credits yep there you go i kind of like that too okay all right well mm-hmm. rate it then that's that's rate this bitch um <laughs> okay um <laughs> i assume you want me to go first always always <laughs> yeah um i i don't know it's a simple film for simple people and <laughs> what can i say <laughs> sometimes i just want to watch a dumb movie with a cool concept and um visually i think it looks great i love the soundtrack or the score i should say um it is very 90s kurt russell is amazing in it and james Spader looks better than he ever has ever and uh maybe that's enough <laughs> so i'm gonna give it uh, i'm gonna give it a 7.5 what about you ludicrous absolutely ludicrous um this is about as mediocre as a mediocre film can be i am going straight down the middle with a five out of ten there's some fine qualities there's some not fine qualities but ultimately it's just a bit of a middle of the road dud yeah yeah okay i think it's fair i mean it is a roland emmerich movie and i have said on this show in the past that i don't like roland emmerich movies at all but yes. and and there s- are a couple of exceptions and yet and somehow somehow you have defended a hundred percent of the roland emmerich movies we have talked about <laughs> well yeah we've only talked about one well if you count our review of the uh wandering earth i was very hard on uh the day the day after tomorrow i couldn't remember it <laughs> the day after tomorrow Hey, and I've a... been very hard on the Godzilla film. 
than he did mm-hmm. on previous episodes. Yes. A film which I also do not like, just for the record. I don't believe that. Will you stop insulting my integrity like this? <laughs> I will not have it, Tara. I will not have it. This isn't something I'm making up. Like, I know you've said that to me before. I know you like that movie. Or I know you are... You have fond memories of it. And that's enough. That's enough to damage your reputation. All right. Well, I'll be looking for a replacement for Tara on this show. If anyone <laughs> would like to uh, offer their application, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. Um, don't have this. I'll bust out the contract. Oh, my God. To, to... <laughs> you bet you had to sign in blood. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um although for the joke, maybe I should rate rate this movie three point six. Not great, not terrible. <laughs> I hope I hope by not the time, good, not great. Yeah. I hope by the time this comes out people will still get the Chernobyl jokes because that was a Chernobyl joke for anyone <laughs> who didn't get it. Um so yeah. Um but that is uh that is a uh, Stargate um I said that as if it was going to be a subtitle. Just Stargate. It's just it's Stargate. Uh, but that's Stargate. So let us know what you thought of the movie in the comments below. Like and subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. Or again, as we said at the start, get us at the Ace Podcast specifically for sci-fi movie goodness. So you could do that. Um, you can, of course, rate us on your, your, your podcast app of choice. Uh, if you're on iTunes or whatever else, you'll give us a five-star rating. It helps us out a lot. Sends the show to more people and more people can discover us and everyone can be happier and so on and so on. Uh, Tara, if they want to support us financially, how can they do that? Well, if you like us and you like what we do, you can go to our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. You can donate for as little as a dollar per month. And that dollar gets you a ton of goodies, including these episodes one week early. And you get our bonus episodes for which we have, I think at this time, it'll be three bonus episodes, maybe four. Maybe a fourth one's on the way. And those are usually pretty fun. So check them out. We've done two. Mm-hmm. I don't you don't know. think we'll have a third one by this time? Given... given... No, not by this time. Okay. Not by this time. Well, enjoy the two. The third one will be Unless soon. Unless you're listening from the future, then uh, I hope you enjoyed the whole catalog. Yes, yes, the whole catalog <laughs> of them, yes. Um, so, no. Um, can I just say, Tara, that, that your, your uh, Patreon uh, segment has gotten much uh-huh. better since I started making you do it way back early on. <laughs> well, how many episodes are we now? This is episode 11. Yeah, I'm a pro. You're a pro now. And yeah. you want to hire someone else? I was bluffing. Go through all that training again? No I was, way. I was bluffing so that you'd be nicer to me. Oh, I guess that means I can ask for a raise? Or... <laughs> <laughs> I, I will give you a 500% raise. All right, 500 up from nothing. Got it. <laughs> Still zero. Um, Still zero. But yeah, uh, so that is that is pretty much the show. However, there's more because we still have our bonus segment to do. We still have to talk about Mystery Science Theater 3000 and the episode we watched this week was Overdrawn at the Memory Bank, which actually starred Raul Julia uh, to, of course, you might know as uh, Gomez from the two Adams Family movies. You may also know him as uh, 
Bison from the Street Fighter movie, <laughs> of all things. He's <laughs> uh, a really good actor, actually. Really good comic timing. Really, really good. Um, not that he's good in this, because... Actually, I think he is pretty good in this. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not going to argue I mean, he's surrounded hard. by so much bad that it's easy to to think that he's pretty good in it. Yeah, the, the premise of this one is that he has an accident and he works he's in the future he works like a computer processing place uh he gets in trouble because he's been watching as they refer to it in the film cinemas uh, at his computer he's watching casablanca and he has an accident and they have to like sort of like tap into his brain and because he's a yeah, he gets a psych evaluation yeah oh what was the word again it was like two two things combined it was like psychic and therapist or something like that, like combined. Oh yeah, I don't remember. I think it was just go see your psychist. Psychist, that's what it was. Psychist, yes. Yeah. Um, but he, <laughs> he ends up like in like the the essentially the matrix of the company, uh, and he can keep he keeps rewriting it and causing chaos. But what that actually happens to him, he he doesn't realize this at first. He learns it as gradually as it goes on. But he's in his own world that he's altering with his like subconscious, and it gets more and more like Casablanca as it goes on, uh, to the point that by the end there's like a bar, uh, there's a version of him in a suit, although he's actually still a separate character. Uh, there's a love interest. There's all these different things, and that's the gist of the movie. As as fat people in the real world decide if they should just unplug them and not deal with this bullshit anymore. Uh, yeah, I think the the main antagonist is a guy who owns the Doppel company or something, mm. and because Raúl Raúl Julia's character Aaron Fingal uh, is a is a hacker in real life, that's how he's able to get the uh, cinemas. Yes, um, because he is a hacker in real life, he's able to somehow tap into the Doppel Matrix world that he's in. And change it all, and they find that really threatening for some reason. Let's not gloss over what you, something you just dropped on us there. His name is Aaron Fing, Aram Fingal, rather. From San Juan, Puerto Rico. <laughs> and he works at a company called Nirvana. And there is a Nirvana joke, don't you worry. Uh, they start singing. Um, but there's also Fingal My Tingle. <laughs> Tingle My Crinkle? Fingal? <laughs> Do you want some Pringles, Pringle? <laughs> <laughs> Do you need a tinkle? Uh, uh, tingle my finkle. I didn't want to bungle or bobble the finkle dobble. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the running jokes. The other running joke I really liked was the, uh, the, the evil villain who happens to be a very overweight man. Um, there was a lot of jokes about him only doing things if there was a food incentive uh, to, to do so. The sound effects for him walking were pretty funny too. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, there's gonna be donuts. Oh, this is chicken. This is the buffet. Every time he would, he every time he would have to take a step in the movie, it would. I think it was like Tom Servo would just add this like heavy breathing over top of it, <laughs> uh, uh, coughing a lot, like the sound of my dog throwing up earlier. <laughs> yeah. At one point, uh, like he's in a car and they're like they're grabbing someone and they're just about to drive off. And as they're driving off, uh, one of them cracked a joke about like quick i'm hungry there's food on this way or something like that like you know there was, there was a joke about going to food uh and that was pretty funny there was a couple of good running, running jokes in this one for sure mm-hmm. 
the movie is it sounds like a crazy movie and you're thinking oh that sounds great but honestly like every scene is so dull in the way it's shot and the way that like well yeah it's like a public access film so it all looks just so cheap oh yeah really cheap Mm -hmm. absolutely and there's like every shot is filmed in like that soap opera fuzzy (laughs) vision or like they have smeared vaseline over the the camera lens Absolutely, and then you have uh, the one woman who's kind of trying to help him, uh, who's been ordered to sort of look into his case, and she's looking up on his history and stuff. Apollonia Jane. Yes, and <laughs> say that again. Apollonia Jane. Yeah, wasn't there someone Apollonia. in this? Wasn't there all some... the names in this movie are just ridiculous? Wasn't there a character named something something like Janello? No, her her coworker and friend, uh, just this. I don't know, a mousy looking white woman comes in and her name's Jamila. Jamila, that was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that stuck out as being a bit a bit off. Um, Yo, Jamila. But she can actually beam herself into his matrix and talk to him and be the love interest. Uh, and the, the, I mean, the villain also does as well and tries to kill him a bunch of times. Um, and the movie just kind of ends with like, okay, they've kind of like got out of it, and they're like just walking off, out the room, you know, arms around each other, and that's it. Yeah, I guess so. I, I, it's not good. It's not. It's a it's a dull <laughs> movie. I think. There's, I mean, it was a fun episode of Mr. Science Theater because the jokes were pretty, you know, thick and fast, and a yeah. lot of them were really funny. Um, this one's kind of a unique one too because they don't usually do comedies and this i think overdrawn memory bank i mean even the title alone suggests it's a comedy yeah i i think it's a good episode of mr science theater it is a movie it's less like if i'm comparing it to werewolf or if i'm comparing it to space mutiny like those movies are inherently just a bit more entertaining this movie is so dull that it's a good episode of Mr. Science Theater, but it, just, it can't hold a candle to those other episodes because those movies are actually really entertaining on their own. Oh, uh, in a bad yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, Werewolf's still my favorite, and yeah, of course, Space Mutiny's great. It's absolutely uh, this fascinating. This one I rank pretty high, though. I, I think it might be because I had uh, I had the VHS copy of this one. I recorded it off the TV, and I just watched it all the time. I know, like, I know every joke. Every scene. Oh yeah. Every line. For for the record, Tara was actually saying jokes like seconds before they happened. Like that was a thing that was happening. She was calling the jokes. I watched this episode a lot when it came out, and um, I, maybe because of that, like I know I know the film so well that I can follow it a lot easier. Because um, it is kind of complex. There's a lot that happens in the film. Yeah, we were cracking a lot of Matrix but jokes. I really liked there was a point. There was a, one of the one of the first things that happened when he was inside the Matrix. There was um like his mum shows up and gives him a bowl and a spoon. Or, yeah. And he, he's left just holding a spoon because I remember cracking a joke about oh it's really like the Matrix now he's got a spoon. I don't think there is any Matrix jokes because this episode came out in ninety eight. No 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 no. We were cracking Matrix jokes, not them. Oh, we were. Yeah. Yeah. So I. I... I think was it the Matrix ninety nine? It was yeah yeah they they weren't yeah they they, they definitely weren't but we were... there is a lot of similarities to the Matrix so who knows maybe the Wachowskis watched it <laughs> yeah uh, but we we were cracking Matrix jokes quite heavily early on and then the spoon thing happened and I was like ah oh, yeah, yeah Matrix you want your spoon back <laughs> it's a funny uh, line was that his mom or was it just a random old woman I can't remember 
Oh no, that was his mother. Oh, was his who mother, is not yeah. Puerto Rican? Who was that's right? Yeah, she's just this white woman. It's like, mm. I mean, it, it could 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 have a Puerto Rican dad. It could be a mixed, you know, mixed mixed race uh, marriage. Could be. Uh, could be stretch. It could be. So you never know, but yeah, um, yeah, that was basically it. <laughs> I don't know what else to add to this one. <laughs> so this one's not as high for you as the other ones that we've watched? It's better than Puma Man and... Ooh, I love that one. I mean, Puma Man, like, Puma Man has that great joke about going out the window. Like, it has that. <laughs> but... Um, it does have an Aztec warrior, yeah. I, I think my fav- favourites so far have definitely been Werewolf... Um, Warrior of the Lost World, Space Mutiny, and to an extent, Manos. <laughs> <laughs> Manos is a tough watch. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that, those are the favorites. But um, oh, Mega Weapon, Mega <laughs> Weapon, Mega <laughs> Weapon. Yeah, I like that one too. That one's so good, so good. Do you think? Uh, do you think it'd be a bad idea to to pick another one for next time, even though? It's going to be like a week or so. Uh, no, you can pick another one. Go on. What's next? Okay, but you have to remember what I pick because I'll forget. I'll, do you know what? I'll write it down. <laughs> oh, let's see. We've done a couple of mics in a row. So, well, we did Manos and then Mike. Let's see. Uh, let's do another. Let's do Zombie Nightmare. Zombie Nightmare? Yeah, it's another Mike one, but. It's like a previous sci-fi channel one. All right. Zombie Nightmare is coming in the not-too-distant future. <laughs> Next Sunday AD, you might say. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, Oh, decent, decent one. Uh, we should probably tell them what's coming uh, next in terms of the main movie as well, because we're doing a... Oh, a, shoot, we forgot to do that, yeah. yeah. We're doing a new movie uh, just went up on Netflix uh, at the time of recording last week, uh, which is I Am Mother. So we'll check out a new movie and see how it is. Uh, hopefully mm-hmm. it, it, it stacks up to something. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Netflix movies? They don't yeah. have a pretty good record for yeah. me anyway. They don't for me either. They've got one or two gems. And then the rest are pretty mediocre, unfortunately. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Maybe this breaks the uh, breaks the streak, as breaks, you like to say. Yeah, breaks the streak. A streak of shit. <laughs> so it's a t-shirt idea. Just a streak of shit. Just a streak of shit. <laughs> uh, so next episode, of I am mother will not have a Mr. Science Theater bonus section, so don't expect that then. But the one after it probably will have. If not, the one after that definitely will, and then it'll be back to normal from there. Um, so look look forward to to that. Um, so and then next time you see us, Tara will have a different background uh, behind her. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll see what that looks like. I'm excited. I can't wait to see what the background's gonna look like. <laughs> Hopefully, it won't be as white, but it probably will be at first. Yeah. <laughs> get, get some uh, some I don't know, fairy lights or something up. Give, give it a nice background. Oh yeah, feel. be extra girly. Yes. Sure. No, I mean, I already have enough trouble like trying to get the lighting right for this camera. I'm sure fairy lights will help. I mean, I, I, I considered putting lights up in the background at one point. I don't think it's that girly. Okay. Try it. See what people say. 
once again there's a job application open opening uh for, for co-host of the ace uh, should anyone be interested um because tara's done in this town you don't know what you're asking for <laughs> i'm only kidding i never get rid of tara she's half the show damn it <laughs> stuck with her all right uh that has been the atomic cinema experiment this has been episode 11 of the show experiment number 11 you might say uh mm-hmm. or test subject 11 yeah that's that's what i put on the thumbnails we'll get it right yeah um so that has been us that has been been the show so thank you for for watching uh thank you for listening uh i did all the plugging of course before the bonus section so i won't go into it again but uh we do appreciate you checking the show out and sitting through our shambles and hearing us yak about things and whatever else we do i don't know what do we do i don't know we yell at our animals a lot we do we do that a lot we do that a lot um make fun of each other occasionally maybe dabble in some late third rock from the sun discussion i don't know uh but that has been the atomic cinema experiment thank you once again for watching listening folks we always appreciate it we love you loads keep watching sci-fi movies guys and computer that's salsa yum yum